Hello again, listeners, and welcome to another week of Wolford Weekly, where we recap the week of EastEnders as broadcast on the BBC between Monday the 11th to Friday the 15th of January 2021. He's back again. His eyebrows are on fleek. It is Rob. Rob is here. Hello, Rob. Keep them arched, keep them parched, I say. <laughs> yeah, very dark, but, you know, I think they suit you. Yeah, I think so. Your new Give Hollywood... me a permanent expression of just annoyed. I like that. I can just glare <laughs> at people without even trying. Your new Hollywood look. I, I, yeah. It's slowly coming along. The Botox... Botox next. Yeah, I was about to ask, has that been booked in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of needles, but, you know, keep you know, no, no pain, no gain. Yeah. If it makes if it makes the eyebrows for expression and the face can stay neutral. Exactly. The there you go. <laughs> Last week, Ben and Rob hosted the show. Um, mm. They booed me. Let's comment mm. about that for a moment. So, what Go was that about? <laughs> I, I, you know, what? I think Ben's just a really, really bad influence. <laughs> it was like the supply teacher coming in. Do you know what I mean? Like misbehavior. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. But uh, I, I didn't like that Ben claimed that a few of my theories were his own too. He, he mm. there were words said. Let's just say behind behind closed doors that night. Oh, yeah, really? yeah. Wow. You know, that, that kind of mundane relationship conversation. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm making it sound more exciting than it really is. We have some news to start with, so should we dive into that first? Let's do it. So this week, uh, a few newspapers released claim, and we must say this is a claim, that uh, Maisie Smith is unlikely to renew her current contract with EastEnders and is planning to leave at the end of October to set her path to crack Hollywood. Some people could argue that it's a very bad time to consider that. especially. you think. <laughs> um, she's, we must say this has not been confirmed by the soap nor by Maisie Smith. It's from an outside source which had been dug up by the Daily Fail. So you can't always well. necessarily see it as maybe fact but um, what a source that is <laughs> <laughs> i know i know nothing but facts on warford weekly <laughs> but she's been she's been on the role for 13 years she's beloved we enjoy her i, I mean mm. i think she's a great character uh they don't seem to do too much with her but they do they do give her the odd story here and there she's had that big story with keegan she obviously had the drug dealing storyline in her queen evie with queen evie I want to quickly mention that she has been treated a little bit harshly outside of the soap by the soap producers because where like Adam Wood yet kind of has been promoting his gin while in lockdown and uh, Jake Wood has been promoting his podcast and even got given time off to do a tour. Maisie Smith was basically given a wrist slap just by doing a bit of advertising on her TikTok 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 <laughs> her TikTok account and I feel like she has I can I if if it if it's on the strength of that that she perhaps wants to maybe earn a bit more revenue another way I can kind of understand it in that kind of respect well let us just begin this by saying didn't Maisie do well on strictly uh this <laughs> she news did. thing that we <laughs> She did. We have been meaning to say that Maisie Smith was on Strictly for weeks and we just kept forgetting because neither of us watch it. So every time that we were going on about like Shane and Jess being an I'm a celebrity, which we both saw, <laughs> it was just like, we should mention Maisie and Strictly at some point. And it never happened. She did well. Well done, Maisie. Yeah, it was a running joke between Rob and I. Every time we finished recording, I'd get a <laughs> message. I'd get a WhatsApp message. And it was like, oh, we forgot to mention it again. <laughs> so, yes, let's let's just say once and for all that Maisie did a very good job on Strictly. Second. She came second, yes, to Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey. More people. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was the uh, the elderly favourite, let's just say. Well, but about Maisie leaving, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I think it would be a shame if she left, because I do like Tiff. Like we say, we've not had it confirmed or anything like that. We're purely going on media speculation here. I think, like you say, it would be a very bad time to decide to uh, go and see what else the world of uh, entertainment has to offer her, because right now it's not a huge amount in anywhere. <laughs> You can't go to America at the moment, I don't think. So it's not no. the best time to go and try and crack Hollywood. But I would also argue that there is probably a bit of a weird time for the cast at the minute where, with regards to contracts and all of that sort of thing. So um, who knows? Because we've had quite a few exits and talk of exits and uh, surprise exits and not exits and all of that sort of thing. So, uh, <laughs> and exits that weren't exits but were exits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. And fire exits and all sorts. So um, <laughs> Emergency exits. <laughs> yeah, all sorts. <laughs> so well, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I hope she doesn't leave because I like her and I like Tiff, Tiff's role in the, in, the, uh, in the show at the moment. But 
yeah. don't know. We'll see. It's a shame because isn't she the last butcher as well? Like the last uh, of the butchers? Yes, <gasps> I think so, yeah. It feels so strange that there's going to be no butcher on the square anymore. Uh, butcher family tie, I mean. not a, <laughs> There's not, not been an, an actual, actual butcher, butcher, no, for a long, long time. But it's, I mean, again, watching the classic episodes of EastEnders, it all seems to all ruminate around the butchers and the Mitchells. And it's just so strange to think that the, there will be no more butchers. Mm. It feels weird. I mean, there's, there's always Ricky. He could come back at some point. I'm sure he will. Yeah. <laughs> See how he's not busy, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, he might be in France because he lives in France now. Also, oh, does he? Mm-hmm. Taking uh, over the, the cracking France, is he? He is. Well, I was watching an episode of Through the Keyhole and uh, they... <laughs> <laughs> they were, wow. And they were... Lockdown's getting to you, isn't it? <laughs> they were doing his house. Since we've congratulated Maisie Smith for her participation on Strictly, we should Finally. also... So we should also congratulate Marty McCutcheon for her role on The Masked Singer. Spoiler alert. Yes. She was the... What was she? She was the... Uh, sea, no, not Seahorse. Not sea, she? Oh, Seagull. Swan. Swan, that's it. Seagull. Seagull. <laughs> she was a big old albatross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God. Can you imagine if bag of chip, uh, chips and or battered sausage, whatever the other one is? That's and... Sheridan Smith, I reckon. Yes, I think so too. Mm. I think so mm. too. I mean, we. Could... But yeah, Martin McCutcheon was really good. <laughs> I know. I was really surprised actually. Um, it was right at the last minute. I thought, oh, of course, it's, it's her. And yeah, when she took off the mask, it was it was her all along. Anyway, let's talk about some uh, stories from this week on EastEnders then. And if you're happy to, I think we should start with the Carters because Shirley... That's the first thing on my list. Let's go. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you who did let themselves go. And that was Shirley. She Didn't she just? laid into Katie. I mean, do you, do you sympathise with what Shirley did? Or do you kind of feel a bit bad for Katie for what had happened to her? I mean, I think with Shirley, yes, it's it's ultimately the fact that she's she overheard she because she overheard Katie taunting Mick about what happened and basically saying the words out loud. You know, you are Frankie's mum, you were Frankie's dad, and I abused you when you were you were twelve. Effectively, was what she overheard. Yeah, I like the bit where uh, Katie kind of ran out the kitchen and pulled the chair in the way so that Shirley <laughs> couldn't get to it. I don't know why that tickled me. I don't know why. Um, it was like a it was like a Benny Hill sketch, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you could have almost added that. <laughs> or Shirley um, rages around the kitchen. Rah, Shirley smash. Um, and yeah, it was. I know it was good. I mean, yeah, of course you can totally sympathise with Shirley because that's her son that that happened to. But I also think it was a sort of outlet for her own frustration as her role in it because she's mm. angry with herself as well because if Shirley had stepped up to the plate, so to speak, Nick wouldn't have been put in that situation. That's it. I mean, Shirley feels so, bad that she was never yeah. there in the first place, even you know far back to when she was twelve and thirteen. But Mick seems to have forgiven her now, which uh, I'm so pleased about. Which it is lovely, and it's nice to have them back together as a family. To have Linda, Mick, and Shirley again together as a unit. I mean, again, there's not many Carters around anymore, no. and to have them work together and and yeah, just communicate. Finally, communicate. No more secrets. That's what Mick and Linda's <laughs> mantra is. Hashtag no, no more secrets. <laughs> uh, I mean, the thing is, what did confuse me though? When we left last week, Frankie was in the police station, having been arrested, and rang Katie because she had no other options to come bail her out. But then the very next time that we see Frankie, she's sat there having a go at Katie about yeah. talking about... Well, that was really weird. It was like, we missed an episode or something. It was really weird. Um, but Katie is now... Well, I think she's just desperate now. She's, I think she's at that stage of EastEnders villainy where she's now going to do anything to keep her secret safe, isn't she? Yeah, the f- mad thing is, though, is that Mick has already openly said... Never, I, I don't know whether he's using it still as a threat toward Katie, but he's told Linda and Shirley that he doesn't want anyone to know about it. He wants to keep it his, a secret. Yeah, so, but I don't think Katie knows that. Oh, uh, OK. So, so, so Katie has no knowledge of that whatsoever? No. OK. Because she's now, because she's busy fretting. If she was trying to get Frankie off to Australia, no DNA test could be taken so that it couldn't be traced back to her mm. at any point. And I think that she's still in that sort of mindset of trying to desperately cover up, cover up everything. Now that Shirley's punched her, and now that she knows <laughs> that basically the whole family knows what happened, what is her next move? What can her next move possibly be? Surely for her to try and escape. I feel the biggest casualty here is Frankie. As you say, she seems to be being pushed away by both Katie and by Mick. And she's really confused by it all. I, it's such a shame for Frankie. I I wish someone would tell her what has been going mm. on. I think Frankie is old enough and you know brave enough to understand it. And she is rebelling against 
seemingly by drinking and starting fights last week, you know. Well, I mean, the, the, the highlight for me this week was when Frankie uh, got arrested last week. We were supposed to believe that Callum arrested her last week, weren't we? Or something, <laughs> or Callum was already in, is sort of integral in her arrest. And then the next time that we see Callum, he's getting drunk with her in the Albert again. It's, yeah, it's the she... worst copper in the entire world. <laughs> we all knew that. She's very oh. forgiving, isn't she, as well? She was like, oh, that's okay, don't worry. You're only doing... She, I think she even said that he's only doing his job to bed. <laughs> Well, yeah, but you could have put a blind eye. I mean, the number of things that Callum has turned a blind eye to as his role as a police officer, six month role as a police officer. He's he can't put, you know, do it on a fight. Just tell her to just run out the club. She let he let Callum as well have done. Yeah, Callum let um, Kush run away. <laughs> you know, why can't... After a heist... <sighs> oh, I'd, I'd love to go a show. Just one show where I don't say the word heist. Just once. Yeah, well, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> ben seems to be Frankie's only comfort blanket at the moment, which mm. is nice, actually, for Ben to it's have. It's a nice this. role for Ben. Yeah, I agree. He's. Um... We were saying last week that I quite like the fact that Frankie has, um, you know, she's ballsy enough to be mates with Ben. You know what I mean? I think that the pair of them kind of bounce off each other quite well. Where it leaves Callum in the equation, I don't know. Because well, maybe Frankie's going to be some form of support for Ben when the whole Callum thing eventually explodes. I think Frankie will ultimately end up being a bridesmaid for the wedding of Callum and <laughs> Callum and uh, Ben, which, we're, which we, we've received our invitation for, by the way, this week, Rob. Have we? Yeah, uh, yeah. so we'll be, <laughs> we're looking good. forward to going to that. Can't I'm gonna, wait. I'm going to put on my best dress and my favourite hat. my bridesmaid dress. Yeah. <laughs> Shirley is also on the hunt for Tina. She's openly fat said to Grey that she's going to be looking out for her and try to find her. Grey doesn't seem too worried. So has he hidden her very well? Is Tina dead? Do we need right. to accept that finally? Are we, what are we going to... What are we, I think we should make an official sort of thing here, whether we believe Tina is dead or not. I do not <laughs> think she's dead at all. I'm, put, I'm putting, my, putting my Sherlock Holmes Mystic Meg hat on now. I do not think that Tina is dead whatsoever. I think she's tied up somewhere in a little cabin in the woods and Grey's going back there every now and again and feeding her bread and giving her water and all of that sort of thing. But I think that she is going to be revealed to be tied up somewhere and she's not dead. Do you think it's going to be a bit like when Mel and Hunter buried Rain? He, he like, literally sprung back up. like <laughs> the hands coming out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pivoted from his hip and yeah. just like bent 90 degrees upward yeah, and, yeah. Ah! <laughs> and grabbed yeah, Mel's so. hand. Well, I think it's, they're going to do a sort of similar thing as Denise was revealed to be alive in Lucas's cellar, isn't yes, it? She's just yes. going to look up all sort of scared and bruised with a subway wrapper on the floor and all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's an old trope on the Wolford Weekly podcast, but they haven't used enough warehouses in London. There's plenty Not more for, for them to find. We haven't seen a warehouse in a while. We're due a warehouse. We are. And we're due Tina being in a warehouse with Sky Sports hooked up to a 40-inch platinum TV, Mm -hmm. courtesy of the Panasars. I mean, I think CBeebies is probably more likely (laughs) for uh, for Tina, but yeah. Tots TV is more more for Tina. Talking about Grey, actually, we should quickly dive in. that On Friday, he got a little bit upset with... Karen, because Karen mm. seems to be doing a better job looking after his kids than he is still. And <laughs> I think he's, I know. And he's, he seems, do you think he's jealous or just angry that she's interfering? I mean, I think what the, I think the thing with Bray at the minute, he's, he, all he wants now is for him and the kids to just be alone now so he can get on with his life and just, and, but he can't have that because one minute he's got Shirley and Tina living with him and then the next minute Karen is coming and he suddenly keep, he keeps walking downstairs or walking into the house to finding his house <laughs> full of people a mess it's just people telling him how to how to live his life so I'm guessing at one point soon he's going to go a bit mad and throw a plate or something <laughs> even Bailey was sympathising with Grey this week by saying you know we won't last Karen <laughs> Karen will only no. cook tea from scratch and have vegetables <laughs> for another couple of days in, in, in no time whatsoever we'll be getting tea from Bills every night <laughs> Yeah. You know, so even Bailey was beginning to notice, I think, that Karen was kind of overstepping her mark a little bit. But um, I think Grey, Grey definitely seems quite upset with what Karen is doing. Do you think Grey is going to show some of his, you know, is his mask going to slip a little bit get it around Karen? He's not really Oh, I think happened. it's bound to. Mm. He's, he's, he's becoming more and more unstable, isn't he? The fact that essentially if we're, we're being led to believe that essentially he killed Tina in cold blood. Like, the Chantel thing, even though, yeah, he left her to die, but the Chantel thing was a spur-of-the-moment kind of, like, explosion of anger that resulted ultimately in her death, whereas the Tina thing was very premeditated and very sort of 
right, I've got a plan now. This is right. Okay, I've killed her. This is what I now need to do and take her away. Yeah, so, but, but the when he killed Chantel, yeah, you're right. It was very spontane spontaneous, but it was all of a sudden. But yeah. then it was very calculated after that. Don't forget, he went to buy a bottle of milk. So it looked <laughs> like he just walked in, dropped the bottle of milk. Very specific bottle of milk. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and it seemed to be the same for me with Tina as well. Because, like, Tina, he obviously, Tina wound him up and now wound him up and wound him up. But I don't think he had any intention of killing her that night or maybe killing her that night and then after it happened then the plan came together of him wrapping her up like a you know a subway sandwich and mm -hmm. banging her in the boot so do you think it would be more calculated then that he's planning maybe to slowly wean karen out of his life and his children's lives or do you think yeah it would just be i mean I mean, any sensible person would realise that Karen has lost a daughter and the kid and Macamira are the only sort of connection that she still has to uh, Chantel now. Anybody else could sort of realise that that's going on. Um, but I think that Grey ne never sees anything like that. He's just sort of focused on his own life and he's got he's got this picture, I think, of what his life should be and how it's all supposed to go. And he keeps finding people basically drawing all over this picture and filling in gaps and redrawing things. <laughs> yeah. So he it, it's, it's he's the sort of person where that just will drive him absolutely insane. And I think, yeah, at some, I don't think he's going to be a particularly... It's not going to be a slow thing with um, his anger towards Karen. I think he will take it and take it and take it and then just suddenly explode again. Oh dear, I, I do not want to. I do not look forward to the scenes with Gray and Karen. I really don't because I think I'd like to see him try take on Karen. Do she you will think? knock him Oh, she'll knock him flying. <laughs> oh, I know, but she's she's very she is a very strong character. You're absolutely right, but I just think with someone like Gray, he's just so overpowering. He just seems to have this hold on people, doesn't he? That they just mm. they just turn to gloop and you know just because look look what he did with crit like crit is quite a strong character in my mind you know he's quite threatening mm. but as soon as gray came along he almost became you know reverted into a childlike form yeah but i don't think kirat was afraid to take him on though like he... kirat was capable of like sort of throwing accusations at him from across the square and sort of was quite prepared to sort of uh take chantelle away from him and i think would have stepped up to the plate when that confrontation ultimately came so i i think it depends who he's with i think someone like tina who is quite a flighty person she, he's got no he sees her as someone that he could he could bully and dispose of mm. whereas the likes of karen shirley he'd have difficulty with them i think because they are not afraid of people in general Mm, that's true and they're the most supportive toward him at the moment exactly so i think he's <laughs> surrounding himself with the wrong people if anything mm. oh, i look forward to seeing what goes on with them lot next week mm. right denise isaac tina sheree lots of little bits and pieces happened with their story this week yeah finally revealed that uh phil didn't carry out the attack <laughs> so that's kind of thrown a spanner right into the works but before any of that happened lucas had visited patrick after everyone basically all hated patrick all put their mm. hate on patrick and he's now had a stroke and in hospital isaac and sheree are kind of isaac seems to be stepping up to the plate looking after him while sheree is seems to be taking a step back yeah it was a surprising wasn't it it was a surprising little role reversal there mm. i think sheree is sort of i don't know because the thing is with sheree like she's a party girl and she likes being a flighty person and getting drunk and flirting with other men and all that sort of thing. And I think now that this has happened, it's something that's kind of forcing her into a role that she's not altogether comfortable with. You know, she has to be there as sort of the supportive wife and tell Patrick to take his pills. And I think it sort of almost maybe reminds her of her age and Patrick's age. Yeah, it's funny. Which is, never some, which is never a fun thing to be confronted <laughs> with, let's be fair. Oh, bless them. They're as young as they feel. I mean, Cherie is younger than Patrick, isn't she? Yes. I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so do you think that she feels like she's now going to have to, as you say, waste her life with Patrick looking after him? Which is something I that think... Patrick's genuinely fearful of, isn't he? Yeah, he I think that she's had her sort of moment now and I think she'll step up now. Because mm. I think especially now she, she's got Isaacs behind her and the pair of them are sort of, and Isaacs now fully taken on Patrick into his life. I think Cherie is now kind of settled enough now. I think she. I think the problem, half of the problem was that she wasn't sure how Isaac would have reacted. Cause can you imagine if this had happened before... Isaac found out that she was uh, that he Patrick was his dad. Oh, yeah, you know it would have been a complete nightmare for Cherie. Which, if anything, maybe that's what should have happened because then the drama would have been even bigger. But hey, the more interesting thing is, um, yeah, because we know Patrick's got medical history and all that sort of thing, and apparently this is nowhere near as serious as the stroke he had last time because the, the last stroke he was in hospital for about six months <laughs> um, and barely was in the show, and this one he's home by the end of the week, so he's all right. Um, the more interesting thing is Isaac who has said, well, he had a conversation with Cherie 
and said that, yes, Patrick's got someone to look after his medical problems, but who is going to look after mine? Yeah, I know. I loved, I really was intrigued by that. I wonder what they were talking about. What be that then? Yeah, what be that then? What I mean, be that then? He has seems to, seemingly has a history of alcohol, drugs. We talk about mm. it as if there there might be something there, but I don't know. It's interesting to think, isn't it? What what could it be? I don't know. I mean, it's something that because the thing is, like, he's I don't I don't see how he still has a job as a supply teacher. Maybe he doesn't because <laughs> he's never there. And, you know, he's much happier just kind of getting drunk, getting stoned, doing doing anything he likes, really, which is fair enough. But it's kind of like, what is he what is he covering up in his own mind? What's he trying to forget about, yeah. essentially? So that which makes me think that it's something quite serious. His health issues. He was very specific. He said mm. health issues because he related it to. So it, is, it feels like it must be something physically wrong with him. Mm. But then why... <laughs> Isaac has been in the soap for a year. Why has nothing been mentioned no. until this point? This is it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's... It's going to be interesting. To, but the thing is, though, the speed the stories are being told of at the moment, it'll have a walking stick in about two weeks. <laughs> you know, it's... Um, it's... I don't know. what. I mean, it, I, apart from maybe some sort... I think it must be some sort of degenerative thing mm. that's going to start to show itself in the coming weeks. Do you think Cherie has known for a very long time? Well, she must have done because he, yeah. he had he said this to her, didn't didn't he? Yeah, but I wonder how long Cherie has known. Again, is it, it, let's build a story in the background in, in the past. Let's pretend that things have been going on that we've not seen on screen. Has yeah. Isaac known for a year or something? Only told his mum when he came back when she Maybe. brought her back last Christmas. Not the Christmas. Maybe she's gone. known all along, and it's been something that's been there since he was a kid. Well, that's I don't, the other I, thing. I mean, my medical dictionary isn't very large, I'm afraid. Like, Patrick had a stroke, I get that. Mm. And people have heart attacks, I get that. Apart from that, that's, you know, <laughs> every time I learn about medical things is when the soaps tell me about them. Uh, <laughs> so, it's, I, I don't know. I'm assuming, like I say, it must be some degenerative thing. But apart from that, unless it's MS, which Kate hosted with Corrie. I don't know mm. if that's a story that's particularly close to her heart or something. I don't know. Could it be cancer? I mean, we uh, can't rule that cancer out. again, would it but, be? Uh, yeah, no, that's true, because with Jean. I found it interesting that they've kind of deliberately, they've brought Isaac and Patrick together very quickly now, because they've obviously thought, right, let's rewrite Isaac here. Let's forget mm. the he's got yeah. an issue with his dad story. <laughs> let's mm. have them, let's find a way of having Patrick and Isaac get together very quickly. So Isaac's now said he's going to support his dad um, through after his stroke. Make sure he takes the pill, make sure he takes the blood thinners. Uh, and now give Isaac this, you know, this new story, uh, which can, which again involves Cherie. So it's, I'm welcome to it. And yeah, it involves, absolutely. I'm it pleased the, it's here because I was yeah. beginning to wonder what the point of I, in, in Isaac was. <laughs> oh, well, other than a bit of eye candy, of course. Uh, he's all right. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Phil didn't do the beating of poor old, <laughs> poor old Lucas. No. We know it was Chelsea that did it. We found that mm. out last week. I loved the phone call with Chelsea with what I could only be described as a character from Grand Theft Auto. Shouty angry man. Shouty angry man going, don't sort it out or else I'm going to go sort it out for you four I'm weeks not, time. I'm not, yeah, I'm not keen on the whole point of him giving a week's deadline because we know how that goes. Well, four <laughs> weeks. Did you this notice it's the exact same time that yeah, D.I. Gaffney used to Yeah, this means that, Sherry's, <laughs> that, that Chelsea's got about four years to sort this out in yeah. that case. But do you think that the voice on the other end is D.I. Gaffney? He's got that time <laughs> no. frame, you see. It's always the same. Uh, no, actually, I, I do know... Well, I know there's an actor uh, being cast for this role in this story ah. um i don't know anything about him apart from the fact that he used to play scott windsor in emmerdale so he's yeah. a new character he's not anybody we've dealt with before because i was kind of listening to the voice going do i know that voice is it janine no it's not janine was um, that his voice <laughs> it could have been janine was that, been his, janine was that his voice then was that i'm assuming actual... so well that's awful <laughs> i genuinely <laughs> thought it was like a cartoon it was it was just it was proper let's if you put in a google search yeah stereotypical cockney gangster a bit that like the, would be um, the result bit, yeah it was it, it, showing my age here it was a bit like the um you know the, you used to watch stop the pigeon i did that's the it looks like with the general ring ring <laughs> ring that's a very good comparison thanks yeah, <laughs> um so <laughs> so chelsea that nickname that's that character's nickname from here on in the general there the general go. okay yeah, so the general phoned mm. chelsea and yep. the general wants results in four weeks <laughs> yeah. um drugs it's related to drugs i take uh, it well it's, it's something being held isn't it she said uh, okay is it? It sounds like it's drugs. But do you or... think? Why do they want Lucas so badly? Do they want? Is 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 there like an intent to tr- 
traffic Lucas for some reason. <laughs> what? I, well, exactly. I don't know. What's what's making Lucas such a precious entity that he needs to be captured <laughs> by <laughs> by the general and taken yeah. and taken away? I don't understand, really. I don't. Well, really I mean, know. I think I thought it was. I I got the impression that it was more to do. It was more sort of just to scare Chelsea and sort of like this is what I'm capable of. So you need to do as you're told. Right. But then again, she was saying on the phone and talking to the general, saying, like, <laughs> implying that Lucas was part of the plan that he didn't realise it yet. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Was she just going to drop, like, when they're inevitably in heist, going to yeah. be outside, <laughs> outside? The... I was so pleased when she said that. I was like, Alex is going to be delighted. <laughs> oh, you should have seen me. I rolled up in a little ball and craved with myself for yeah. five hours. Uh, yep. <laughs> is she just going to tell Lucas, her dad, like, you know, you're now part of this. Uh, prepare yourself. The general will no. give you the orders very soon. <laughs> Maybe. I just, I just... I don't know. I'm intrigued to see where it's going to go because I've I've already, I've, I've decided I can't keep saying how ridiculous this story is every week because it mm. completely it you know it is it's it's insane and it's doing nothing to make itself make any more sense than it did when it started about <laughs> how he's out or anything like that. You know, it was nice of them to mention his probation this week when Denise when he went to see Denise. This is the same probation that apparently allows him in and out of the square whenever he likes, yeah. go see Denise whenever he likes. Mm. You know, there's no point in me crowing on about that every week now because it's not going to be wrecked. It's <laughs> the thing I can do about it. It's just nuts. So it just go along with what the story is. And I'm intrigued to see where what Chelsea's role is from here on in because apparently she's turned into some sort of gangster's mole since she's been away. Yes, yes. Well, we, we'll we'll learn more, I'm sure, in the future, and yeah. no doubt Denise will be tied up one way or another within I it. So. <laughs> Talking about uh, ridiculous stories, Ruby's <laughs> pregnant, what you mean? and <laughs> Ruby is pregnant, and Martin is fully on board now. <laughs> Well, kind of, this. kind of, because every time Ruby wants to actually get pregnant, Martin finds a way of not consummating, consummating, what? not having sex. What app did she have on her phone that tells her that she was, that this is the most, <laughs> now, have sex now. I know. I know. <laughs> what, what app was that? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just going to put my hands up now. I like this story. I don't care. It's nuts. It's camp. And I want it. I hope she... I hope it proper goes on for months as well. I want it to get to the stage where she's having to throw blankets under her, under her dress and everything to kind of simulate a pregnancy. I want all of it. <laughs> well, it's it's it should last for nine months. There's a guarantee I want it to last there nine months. I'm nine quite months. happy for it to last nine months. I want it to la- go on as long as it possibly can until Stacy, in a fit of rage, like grabs her and pulls out a cushion from underneath her uh, <laughs> dress in front of everyone in the Vic or something. That's what I want. I love it. I mean, there is a lot of websites out there where you can actually it 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 gives you step-by-step bumps as it were where you can actually fake a pregnancy genuine there's websites and you basically say can you please send me my one month bump and then you have a three month wow yeah i mean ruby doesn't seem to be taking that route just yet that's a very (laughs) drastic route to take that's insane um what how is that even legal Well, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, she's she's deceiving her own husband, you know, which is what you do in your first year of marriage. <laughs> no, I mean, like, how is the website, that kind of website even legal? Like, what is wrong with people? They even give you, uh, like, step-by-step guides of how to then lose the baby as well. So it's a very intricate wow. plan here. I mean, if, the, if that is... At the moment, it's as you say, Ruby's using her iPregnancy route <laughs> app, and uh, <laughs> she seems to be trying to get pregnant with Martin. Martin's more concerned about rebuilding his friendship with Kush, eating pizza, and having a dozen chicken wings. I found Martin so relatable this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I related to that too. Yeah, and I love before that... we go to bed, now nah, I've ordered pizza. Yeah, he did. Right. He said, "But there is a pizza coming." I was like, yeah, yeah. "Me, I, I, me, I relate to that." <laughs> So where do you think Ruby will go? Because obviously she's getting she's getting quite desperate now. If she if she is if she, will she do this this route or will she? I hope so. Fake losing it earlier on. Will she just admit to it and say I'm really sorry and then they you know they hash it out between them? What, what? Well, I mean, what's what's the most dramatic way for this for this to go? The best route is I think Martin is slowly coming round to the idea now. You know, Kush was really happy for him. He had a, he had a really nice scene with Sharon in the park um, early, earlier on in the week where she he's she's kind of gone, yeah, well, plans, plans, you know, are made to be broken and all of that sort of thing. Um, and I think he's going to slowly come round to the idea of having a kid with Ruby, to which point she'll be so horrified that she has no idea how to deal <laughs> with it. And then she'll just be forced into faking it and all of that kind of thing. Because I think, well, you know, she runs a club. Mm. So it's now going to get to a stage where as stressed, she wants a glass of wine. She can't do that at the moment. 
Oh um, yeah, we she... saw a couple. Yeah, we saw a go, which I think sort of confirmed the lie, didn't it? Because she um, went for this bottle of wine and then heard Martin come back and then quickly hid it again. So it wasn't as if she'd forgotten and then, oh god, no, I can't drink. <laughs> she like she, we know she's lying now. Yeah, um, which is great. And I just, <laughs> I just, I just welcome it. I really want it to happen, and I want it to get to the stage where she's forced to fake it and she keeps trying to get Martin to have sex with her. But eventually, even Martin will work out that the dates aren't going to tally up. So she's going to have to start pretending pretty damn soon mm. there's a story a few years back where zoe remember zoe slater she faked yeah. pregnancy to keep dennis and so she slept with dennis's dad dirty den mm. in order to obviously he, she can't sleep with arthur because he's died but um <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that's the possibility ruby sleeps because <sighs> ruby does like to sleep or did used to like to sleep around i don't think I she can see feel... her kind of getting one more ride out of max before he leaves that's what i was wondering uh. do you think that we're gonna have a little gingerbread baby coming out of her old ruby <laughs> at some point <laughs> That would be great when at the moment it's born, Martin just holds it. Why is it orange? Yeah. You had an affair it? with Donald Trump or something. What's going to going on here? I'm on board with it if it goes... Like, you say it's camp. It's not camp enough for me just yet. I well, want no, it to yeah, be... I'm quite happy for it to go full on footballers' wives. Oh, I'm... absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, there's there's always a space for me where EastEnders or any soap can just have a really ridiculous, over-the-top story within reason. And, yes, and which for... we'll come to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and for something like this, I, I'm not... I'm I'm like you. I'm on board. I'm not perhaps as as happy about it as you seem to be because I think I think that it seems to have taken a very weird route where Ruby has completely changed her character and her personality for me. Other than she's very yeah, but, sneaky, um, yeah. and, and Martin doesn't seem very interesting. Ruby was Martin's world for a long time, and now it doesn't seem to be much to him at all anymore. Other than now, yeah, but I still maintain that. This is all just to keep him, and that she's just not. She's thinking very instinctively. I don't think she actually wants a kid. She's. I think the reason she suggested it to Martin in the first place is because she saw what a family man he was with Stacy and all the kids, and when Arthur went missing, realized that that's the way into Martin's heart, and said, "Right, let's have a kid." Then, you know, I I think that she is just keep trying to keep hold of Martin and trying to get back at Stacy and just trying to keep keep that sort of level, whereas. Obviously, it's going to start disintegrating before their eyes very quickly. <laughs> so I welcome it all. Bring it on. Anyway, uh, I think it's time for you to play a little game with me. This is Martin Fowler's Five a Day. This is Martin Fowler's Five a Day. I have delved into the Warford Weekly archives and looked for a classic game that you used to play all the time. I love this uh, game. And found, th- and found this beauty. Mm. Now, um, what do you tend to do for uh, your time limits? Do you want to go soft or hard with this? <laughs> um, what is hard and what's soft? Um, I'd say hard's probably about 15 seconds. Soft is probably about 30 seconds. Oh, I'll go soft. Oh, yeah, 50, yeah. 30 seconds, yeah. Uh, five things in 30 seconds. Are you ready? Um, um, yes, born ready. You perched, right. I would like you to name five characters that died on christmas day go pauline fowler yeah abby branning oh no mm, does it count no no okay okay wow um, <laughs> um oh gosh why is this still difficult now um 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 um, um oh, half the time for goodness sake this is ridiculous oh can give me a clue they died. Five, oh, okay. <laughs> four, three, two, one. Hang well, on. Hang well, on. Pauline well, Fowler. It's because I'm, yes. I'm stressed. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> under pressure. Yes. Pauline Fowler. There must, be, do. there must be more. Yes, Pauline Fowler. There are more. Why have I only got, like, iconic deaths in my head? I've got Pat Butcher. I've got New Year's Eve and New Year's Day deaths in my head. Mm, I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a common thing. Mm. Okay, na- name some and I might... What I will say is that... I would have given you if you'd name if you if you'd have given me four, I would have said that you'd won the game. Because, because there's only four. Believe it or not, yeah. there is actually only the reason I brought this on as a question because I thought of it as a question, I was a genius question, and looked online and was really surprised by what I found. So I thought it'd be an interesting way to in, to find to kind of share this fact that I'd discovered. <laughs> it's uh, a very long, very long-winded way yeah. of sharing a fact. That's <laughs> what I do. Um, there are actually only four people. Four characters that have officially died on Christmas Day. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you know the one that was in 2002, the first ever EastEnders Christmas death? 
2002? Yeah. Is he quite a big one? Yeah. At the time, he would. He was, yeah. He was. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, no. Go there on. are some big deaths in here. Go on, go on, go on. Go right, on. so the four, the four official deaths yeah. on Christmas Day, the first ever one was Jamie. Of course it was bloody Jamie. And then Pauline. Yes. Then Archie. Of course Archie. And then Derek. Oh, yeah. Derek don't care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> and then I would have accepted uh, if you just said Yusuf to me because he died officially on. He didn't. He died within the time frame of the square. It was on Christmas Day, although it aired on bo- his actual death episode aired on Boxing Day. Right. Um, but yeah, there have actually only been four official character deaths on Christmas Day in EastEnders. There you go. So because of how big Christmas is on EastEnders, so there must be at least 15 people who have died on Christmas Day in EastEnders, and there really isn't. I'm kind of um, glad to hear that, to be honest with you. Yeah, because then it would kind of it would kind of cheapen it, wouldn't it? Yeah, lovely. Well, there you go. Well, thank you very much, Rob. Thanks for that. <laughs> Chaotic. <laughs> right there we go. That was <laughs> Martin Fowler's five a day. Okay, well, let us know how you guys got on at home. If you did infinitely, which wouldn't better. be hard. Which wouldn't be hard. I got one out of one. Four. I didn't even get a time. It wasn't, you know, it was a trick question. It wasn't even. It didn't even have time to be a trick question. You didn't even get to the trick. So we just talked about death. Let's talk mm. about someone who's on the br- on the cusp Brink of death. Of death. <laughs> <laughs> Very much, and uh, that's Ian. Poor old Ian. Yeah, Ian is getting a little bit sus now because Dottie won't accept Sharon's. Please, please forgive me for me throwing you out the vic and throwing a bottle at your face. Yeah, uh, yeah have some more bottles. Yeah, Full yeah, of alcohol. Yeah, enjoy. Max is on to Sharon now after listening to Sharon make a phone call to the doctor saying, "Oh, can he have his blood test and mental assessment?" I mean, uh, if, you, if Max is on to you, you. No, you're doing a bad job. <laughs> it was sweet, actually. There was a scene with Max when he went upstairs to talk to Ian. And yeah, I he, that. And, he, and Max said, you know, Linda was Linda is the only person I've loved. But also, it was really nice that Ian kind of... And it seemed very genuine. To, he said to Max, well, good for you. And it, there was Yeah, no, it was... Yeah. It was a nice character moment between the two of them. I really thought that too. And even though like Max then left very abruptly and said, well, you know, know, in classic Max, like the fact that he (laughs) he acts off quite, you know, calm and quite caring. And then all of a sudden just goes off the brink and just storms off. Yeah. And he was like, well, I don't care then. You look after yourself. I hope you don't die. And then just swarms out out the room. I did think that was a really lovely moment between them both. And it was nice. I, I think it's a shame that they've never had a friendship with Max and Ian. And that that now will never happen. Well, in the, in the near future, anyway. I think Max and Ian would have actually made quite a good duo, funnily enough. Well, they're both as selfish as each other yeah. in the grand scheme of things. But I think what you you run the risk of two people who are that similar sort of clashing all the time, which I think is ultimately what we've ended up with, isn't it? Two people who are only interested in their own personal interest, whether it be in, in Max's case getting laid, or in Ian's <laughs> case making lots of money. You know, mm. it's it, the pair of them were always going to uh, butt heads. I think is the. Uh, is the way forward with it. But ultimately, Max has now worked out, officially, even right down to the, <laughs> all, this, all the nitty-gritty details that Sharon is poisoning Ian. He's worked it all out. And <laughs> <laughs> all the nitty-gritty details. All the nitty-gritty details of Sharon poisoning Ian. Um, and he... It's amazing, really, because because he said to her, he said to him, like, "Oh, be careful about any cocoa that you drink, all that kind of thing." So he yeah. worked literally everything out. Yeah, absolutely to the note. He's just is exactly what Sharon has been doing yeah. by Ian's evening routine. <laughs> and it's and now because he said because so, he because he overheard Sharon um, pushing back this appointment that um, Ian had made with yep. the doctors for a mental health assessment and a blood test. And Sharon rang the doctors in the bar, stupidly, because she's so rubbish at this, um, <laughs> rang uh, the doctors in the bar, surrounded by all her pub goers. Max mm. overhears her saying that she was going to put, that she pushes the appointment forward, uh, back a month. No, no. Have you noticed how, how much she pushed it? A month? Four weeks? <laughs> four weeks, yeah. D.I. Gaffney's doing the assessment and the blood test for her. <laughs> <laughs> Even that was the general. Max explains to Ian what he overheard, uh-huh. and and Ian initially doesn't believe him. And then he asks Sharon whether he, uh, she has spoken to the doctors. Yes. And Sharon's like, "No, I'll deal with it in the morning." Yes. Which instantly, then I think seals in Ian's brain. Oh dear, I'm living with a black widow. Yeah, which you so, just, which must be really shocking to Ian as well, considering that he, it, this whole story has been based on the fact that he's trusted her yeah. because they've been best friends since literally day one of mm. EastEnders. So do you think this is 
this has cancelled out Sharon's character and just destroyed her. No, I don't. I think Why? I just think that's a bit of a melodramatic way to go about it. But I then just think... it's a soap, so I like to be melodramatic. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I just think that with... Uh, yeah, I know it's not an ideal path for, for Sharon's character. I get that. And I get that it sort of tarnishes the whole sort of relationship between her and Ian, which is one of the only sort of steady things that has ever gone through EastEnders' history. I know that. Um, but I just also think that Sharon's just mad with grief at the minute, and I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's been well done or anything like that. But I do think that it makes her redeemable. You know, I think that she will ultimately there'll ultimately be some big confrontation between the two of them, um, and Sharon will just fall apart, and then we'll instantly feel sorry for her, and then we'll just move on and pretend it never happened. I think I just think that's that's what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to especially if I think by this time next year Sharon and Ian will be you know sitting together laughing. <laughs> Do you remember when you tried to kill me? You know, it's <laughs> I could just I could just see that happening. It she's almost doing it for Denny and mm. it's a, it, in her mind I think she's she thinks that it's almost to it's res- it's almost like one last stand to kind of respectfully remember Denny. Mm. I think that after this, I'd be very, it'd be very difficult for Letitia Dean to stay on the soap, and I think she might be take. I do you think she could take a break because I can't see what more after this that they could do. Other because the aftermath is the falling out of this is going to be obviously that no matter what people think of Ian Bill to try to deliberately kill someone, it seems to be. I don't think a lot of people would be necessarily on Sharon's side because you think Max would be on Sharon's side but he's well, yeah. not um, and I know he's kind of doing it for the money um, and so he's doing it for, as you say for selfish reasons but I think there's a there is a little bit of heart there as well and Max realizes that you know what Sharon he believes is doing isn't right and it's not the right thing to do and I think that the only way we can redeem Sharon is for her to leave and then come back in like a couple of years time and then have a you know, hello, Peggy, kind of return, you know, mm. maybe to Ian. Never thought you see me again. Yeah, yeah, maybe knock on Ian's door and be like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, Ian, I've made a mistake. You know, she's yeah, about to marry me. someone. I know what you mean, but I kind of think that it's ultimately going to happen uh, with this is that it's going to result in quite a lot of scenes with Ian and Sharon just talking. I wouldn't say no to a two-hander, if I'm honest. I wouldn't say no to a three, actually. I wouldn't mind, like... With Phil. Phil as well. I would like yeah, it to yeah, be no, between all that. three of them. Because they yeah, are I'd all so that. strong. Yeah, and I think perfect. Yeah, and I think... And I've noticed, actually, this week has been very character-driven. And it's I been, thought that. And it's been back to... Yeah, you know, it's not the the peak of EastEnders, but then, you know, you can't expect it all the time. But no. what I mean is, like, this has been a really EastEndery week for me, mm. and it's because it's written so mm. well. Yeah, it's been a really well-written week on the whole, I think. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and there's been lots of nice little moments in there that seem to have come out of nowhere, really, in the grand scheme of things, considering where you think where we were mm. in, terms of it, as, in terms of watching some characters talking to each other on screen. But it seems this week that the relationships between them have been sort of put under the microscope a little bit more. You know, like the Sharon and Martin scene. It's kind of like, of course, these two have known each other for years. Sharon would have been has known Martin since she was a baby. Since he was a baby, mm. you forget about stuff like that. You know, it, it was nice to mention Pauline and for Martin to call Calf anti Calf and all of that kind of thing. It's like all those little bits and pieces seem to have been missing from it recently. Mm. So it was a really nice week of watching actual people and characters on screen sort of interacting with each other whilst all this madness goes on around them. <laughs> um, and the Sharon stuff, I think, ultimately is going to end in ho- what I hope is going to be um, a really nice sort of character piece between Sharon and Ian, hopefully Phil as well. I'd yeah. be all up for that because, you know, I love Phil scenes. And I think what will happen then, a similar sort of thing that what happened with the Bobby thing, that it will kind of just be kept between them, Ian will tell people he had corona or something like that, and then <laughs> it will, and then people will just forget about it and they'll move on and it'll just be something that will always be there in their relationship. Mm. The way to do that moving forward, in my opinion, is then to make that a factor in their relationship where they know, if anything, madly, insanely, but I think it kind of could work. If anything, it brings them a bit closer together ultimately. You know, because let's face it, if all the stuff that Phil's done to Sharon over the years, and she's still there, sort of at his beck and call in, in the grand scheme of things. So if she if she can forgive Phil, ultimately, who was mainly responsible for Danny's death, yes. then she sure as hell can forgive Ian. And Ian feels madly guilty about the Denny thing. He never has. He's. Not, I don't think he's ever sort of taken off, taken his foot off the pedal of the whole sort of thought process of I am responsible for Denny's death. If I hadn't have locked him in that cabin, he wouldn't be dead. So I think ultimately there's going to be a lot of kind of self forgiveness going on, 
um, and then they'll move on, and we'll just kind of look back at it and think, remember that time that Sharon went a bit mad? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll remember it fondly. I mean, yeah, like you say, in a two years' time, we'll probably look back and think, no, oh, that was a funny little blip in Sharon's personality. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think. hopefully a three-hander to maybe sum it all up nicely. Because I don't think we're not going to get that mind, but I hope we do. <laughs> we, you never know. You never know. We but might. It, it's it's. It must be coming Well, I have a feeling, soon. ultimate geek mode here, though, you're ready. But I have a feeling, I have seen that, um, I think next week is the stuff is when this kind of comes to a head. And there's a, there's a Simon Ashdown episode next week. Uh-huh. And he, he normally gets the big episodes. Yeah. So, hope, so at the very least, we've, we're guaranteed a well-written, good character piece. Lovely. Next week, I think. So, fingers crossed. Ooh, rub hands together. Very excited. <laughs> Talking of rubbing hands together. <laughs> well, yes. More, more than hands were rubbed uh, on this story. So, I mean, we, we, we'll just say, basically say there was a party uh, that Ash went to, nurse of the NHS. Well done. And mm, then they decided well to jump out of the party and go to what I've now renamed the call centre as the Panasar Sex Palace because. <laughs> So many people have had sex. There's so many people now. have had sex yeah. or near. It's turning into Ian's living room floor all over again. <laughs> it really is. It really is. They have a. They have. A, they literally don't even open the bottle, and then Suki walks in, and she's like, "What's going on here? Everyone out!" Peter mm. drops a condom. Uh oh. Suki's mm. like, "You forgot something, Peter." And then just, <laughs> just the most wonderful moment where Suki basically. It, it was filth. Let's let's not beat around the bush here. It was absolute, it was absolute filthy. filthy. It was absolutely. It was like a <laughs> 1970s soft porn film. It was like the line that came out. So Peter said, like, oh, I can see where Ash got her looks and her mouth, meaning obviously being a bit gobby. And yeah. Suki looks up and says, see what, I want to see how well I can use it. Yeah. Brilliant. And, and absolutely brilliant. I mean, I, I squealed. I <laughs> so did I. <laughs> absolutely squealed. I so wish, I. I wish. And I know that it would never have happened, but I wish that someone in the editing department thought to themselves, you know what? There's a duff duff. There is yeah. a duff duff right there. Can with, we imagine? With Peter Bill. Staring in shock at the screen as the credits roll. <laughs> with Peter That's Bill. A yeah, Peter Bill just kind of looking around because I loved his reaction as well. The way he looked around and then looked back at her and smiled. Yeah, right. like, oh my yeah. God. So yeah, so Peter uh, and Suki. Pukey. Pukey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think some people saw it for just the absolute ridiculousness that it was and how fantastic. It was just fantastically ridiculous. Mad. Oh, and actually, I think it was a really, really clever little reversal as well, actually, because Mm. all for a past few weeks now, I think we've been waiting for sort of Ash and Peter to start being a thing. And then all of a sudden, Suki just enters and just turns the story completely on its head with one little line. Mm. None of us saw it coming. I don't think there is a single person in the world who would have seen that coming. No. And and it's just it was just brilliant. And then the next day, uh, with because it's kind of left in the in the air a little bit as to whether it actually happened or not. But then the oh, next day, I think yeah, it well, might I know, have. but yeah, well, yeah. But yeah, but well, it's definitely basically confirmed the next yeah, episode yeah, where yeah. Peter's in the cafe, asks for a coffee, and Suki's kind of like, I'll get that. I'll give him a large one. I know I enjoyed one. And all of it. It's just filth. I love it. Absolutely. But but it also, it feels like, do you think that this could be where, like, Suki, like, Peter, because we know that Peter maybe still does earn, like, an allowance from Ian. Oh, yeah. Do you think this could be a Suki pays Peter for gratification kind of story? I'd be surprised. I mean, because the fact that she paid for his coffee, like, and, and he didn't say no. Peter's feeling there. No, he was quite happy with that. <laughs> I mean, I love the idea of that. If, I, I if mean, anything, he's turned around and went, yeah, too right. Where you been? You're late. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, an extra shot of vanilla as well. Thank you yeah, very much. Yeah. Tardiness. <laughs> but, but I love that. I can't think in my history, not even Hollyoaks has done a story where there's been someone who is based, there's a relationship which is basically the, uh, this older woman is paying for a younger man to kind of like gratify her and have sex with her and that's it mm. because like, there's there's no way there's going to be a relationship between them i, I don't think and uh, and i i can i can see the obvious story which is that ash is going to find out and she's going to be like that's my mum but do you think there's there's more to this or do you think that was just a bit like the Crit and Stacy story? They've had their fun. It was one-off the, sort of thing. It was a one-off yeah, thing. But it they... seems like a really random thing to do though. Right? I understood <laughs> the Stacy and Kira thing for what it was mm. because it was literally like both of them were feeling pretty lonely at 
that moment and it just so happened that they it was like two ships in the mist and they sort of found each other and uh, and it was you know it was all fine and lovely and dandy but then the suki and peter thing it's so random that there has to be a reason for it there has to be a follow-up between them and i wonder if it, it will be that there's some kind of secret relationship between them and and why but why is there then this secret relationship i mean peter and Colette have that past as well between them now peter's really getting himself not like that it's, peter's really yeah, getting, getting himself no, tangled know, up with the with the panacea yeah he's getting he? Yeah, he is actually isn't he You're right and i think there's it's an interesting do you think that um there is any sort of feelings from asher towards peter uh, yes i do but i think it's you more do. i think it's more because ash is pretty much done with ikra and i think i feel I, sorry for ikra yeah so do i i think i think they ruined the character and they ruined the relationship between ikra and ash and i don't know why they did it i don't know why because i think it's really interesting to see this it used to be this very stable relationship between two women um uh, you know it's nice to see a happy gay relationship on a soap without any mm. turmoil and as usual this just turned into this kind of destructive relationship between them where Ash just doesn't seem to have any kind of affection for Ikra. She she always sees Ikra as some kind of like <clears throat> almost bullying character that tells her what to do. Yeah. Almost like her mum, which is strange. I don't know why. Yeah. It's it's a shame because but then having said that, maybe all is not quite lost for Ikra because she finds herself flirting with and can I just say, I'm not entirely is it Mila? Oh yeah, the, the, the girl the right. lady the girl behind the bar at Can the, I just uh, say about Mila, if that's if that's her name, I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. Hang on, hang on, I wrote it down actually. Yes, because I on. thought that was an interesting name. <laughs> <laughs> not it's... half as interesting as the cast as the woman who plays her. <laughs> no. Uh her name is Mina, M I N A. Mina. Mm. Mina. So Mina, I'm just gonna say it right now, I had absolutely no idea who she was at first. It did not connect in my head at all that she was the same person that Kim had had that little yeah. uh, one episode thing with where they were fighting for the job completely forgot about her <laughs> and then she was sat behind the bar flirting with Frankie I was like who's she uh, mm. <laughs> and then the next episode where Kim was kind of commenting and talking to her and saying and complimenting her on her coffee and saying well I wouldn't normally compliment someone who nicked my job I was like oh my god it's her mm. I didn't make the connection whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> I, I had made the connection but I was also a little bit taken on the back foot because i thought oh my god they're actually making her a character <laughs> she's an actual character yeah, apparently, and she's yeah. about to and of all the storylines to get herself into she goes to rikra who obviously is the storyline machine um <laughs> but apparent but you know there seemed to be a bit of a frisson shall we say between her and ikra so mm. maybe there's hope for ikra as a character yet maybe she's not quite out the door let's just say again how amazing suki is right at the top there of my julia's theme list she will stay she will remain mm. Just, I love her. I love her so much. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that we, you know, if if Su- the, the the conversation is there to sort of consider if that if the gender roles had been swapped around, it would have looked a lot less. It would have looked a lot more creepy. But thank God it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I loved it. I really enjoyed it. And like you say, I just feel like there's nothing there's nothing they can write for Suki's character that doesn't make me want there's to nothing just she can't scream do. and be like, oh, just- no. Just give me more. She's amazing. There is mm. nothing she cannot do. And I would actually quite like to see now. I mean, I think realistically what she's doing here is, well, either she just wanted a quick shag, if we could say that, uh, or she's got sort of plans with Peter in terms of getting to Ian, maybe, or she just wants to get back at Ash for something that she's done. I think if it's going to be anything, uh, it'll be the very last thing. I think it's to, it's all uh, down to. She must have seen that there was that connection with him and Ash, and she thought, yeah. "I I know I know how I can ruin Ash's life." But where it will take us, I don't know. But I'm I'm on board and I'm, I'm ready for the ride. Ready for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> last story then, and a very sad one. Obviously, mm. last week we've learnt recently that Jean has got cancer this time breast cancer which is different isn't it she had ovarian we, cancer last time, i don't think we've it? actually learned that she's got it she's assumed that she's got it okay and okay. left with and left before she was officially checked wonderful scenes wonderful scenes i mean mm. i will toot the horn all day long for gene i love the character yes. of gene and if this is gene's last story i i spoke to ben actually i said if this is gene's last story i will be very upset because i'll riot yeah, because when Jean 
when whenever Jean left the soap of EastEnders, I always used to say I wanted her back. <laughs> yeah, bring Jean back. I yeah. loved Jean. She's just such a just such. She's one of those characters that can easily have a main role, but also can easily have a back role. And yes. both and in both scenarios, she's always almost the star of the scene. Yeah, um, absolutely. And she's had so many scenes this week where she was just the center. But she had the scene when she was at the at the hospital where she was being checked, and she was there checking herself and crying. That just moved me to tears almost mm. um she had then the scene when she i mean let's big out for mo for giving gene that wonderful ombre eyebrow tint <laughs> great i thought <laughs> was... once she was in her full-on out of it i was like go on gene yeah on. i thought so and she went to the party she looked a bit nervous when she danced by herself and she didn't care what anyone was thinking she had that lovely conversation with vikra as well where she said to Vicra, mm. you know you should build your own path don't let everyone else you know my mistake was that i let everyone else tell me what to do and i'm now telling myself what i'm gonna do from now on it's just brilliant and yeah well she spends the week being a bit of a sage to, to a lot of characters on the square yeah, isn't she, yeah. she start, like you say she did it with ikra she does it to dotty who basically and tells dotty to basically go and tell sharon to shove a champagne where the sun don't shine yeah uh, and then she has a, and then she gets uh involved with sheree as well and tells her to sort of pull her finger out and get where she needs to be mm. this is kind of what Jean does though isn't it like once she is in a certain frame of mind she suddenly becomes ultra wise owl gene <laughs> and sort of knows and kind of is, is very good at advising people because i think people look at gene and see someone who has been through the mill quite a lot yeah um it was wonderful to see her so relaxed though and to see her yeah. like just completely devoid of any kind of she, obviously she's scared i think she's scared of the, her, her her death but she just it's almost like she's just devoid of any care and that she's just not letting anything get to her anymore like this mm. is it she's gonna just she's gonna party she's gonna have a good time while she's still on this earth i mean we haven't we haven't heard anything officially that Gillian wright is leaving i really hope she is and i think what's more likely to happen is because she has she gone off now she's gone off somewhere to go and live life for a bit hasn't she i thought that was the, the tone of the video that she left for who jean well we don't yeah. really know she we just know that she left a video message um and she, well, she had recorded a video message and she said that she wanted to live each day um and doesn't want anyone to tell her what to do or what not to do but th- there was never any indication that she was going off anywhere <sighs> i don't know i mean i've got a pre- i've got a prediction what i think is going to happen however it's in my official 2021 prediction envelope. oh is it now it is okay. so i'm keeping it to myself but <sighs> i don't know as you say they've not really said there's no indication that jillian right is leaving the soap nor that gene is has cancer actually at all and that it could be just a false alarm yeah but Which we I, all hope but in a funny way, I think it would... I, you say we all hope, and I do. I love the character Gene, I really do. But it's one of those things that you should leave on a high. <laughs> and if they were to write Gene out, I personally would be devastated. But I would consider it as a high, a real high that she's leaving the soap. She's one of the very few characters, I think, who could leave the soap right now. And I would say she's had a good couple of years. And I and I would be. Ple- I, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean, but I don't want this to be our exit. No, because I kind of I kind of feel. I have got to be honest. I sort of feel like if, if they were going to kill Jean off with cancer, then the kinder thing to do with her character would have been to sort of have her die in da- like with Daniel and sort of give her happiness at last with a man, and then they can both go off together. Like, why do a cancer story with her that she survives and then not even that much later bring it back again? Yeah, I mean, I think she is, was happy, though. I think I feel that the, the way they wrote the Daniel and Jean story actually was good for me. I like mm. that, that Jean, again, almost like my what I just said, he left on a high. That he left with Jean loving him and being in love with him mm. rather than letting their relationship kind of pitter out to nothing. And I know what you're saying. that, that so, And it would work in the same way that if they made Jean and Daniel die together. But I think that would have been too much to do that. And they let... Daniel have his moment and I don't care what anyone says I love the character of Daniel <laughs> oh I love Daniel yeah. I thought Daniel was an amazing character I thought he was brilliant and I thought Adrian Emerson did it spot on he did and I think that Jean now needs her moment and I oh I, I can't say what I'm about to say because that's also in my prediction but okay. um <laughs> yeah I there's there's in my mind I have how I want the story to go and ultimately wouldn't be too upset I would be upset but I wouldn't be too angry if it was the end of the character of Jean Okay, but they well, can't do. But they can't do too much because Lacey Turner's also going on maternity leave. So, and and I want Stacy to be back as well because yeah. they, they can't do anything. They need Jean and Stacy to be together. That or else it make no sense whatsoever. Who knows? 
who knows? Um, I, I have also got all my predictions saved in my phone at the moment. I will print them <laughs> up and put them in an envelope. But they're all done. I've predicted my stuff. And I reckon I've got, I've got points coming in December. Tell you now. Excellent. All righty. Have you got anything else to mention, to add, to say? No. Lovely. Okay, well, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the week in EastEnders. A good week, I thought. I enjoyed this week. But we will find out what you think now in I Ain't One to Gossip. You know me, I ain't one to gossip. So we've got some comments from our lovely listeners. <laughs> so we've got some lovely comments from our listeners this week. Richard Gold, I really think Gillian Wright may be the best consistent performer on the show right now. Jean may not be one of the flashier characters, but she really elevates the episodes that she's in. That last scene was just heartbreaking and beautifully performed. Agreed, I think. Mm. We've said, well, we adore Jean. We adore Gillian Wright. And I hope that she has um, much longer left in the soap because she's just an amazing character. And I think Gillian Wright plays her brilliantly. I Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I... I'm very torn with the character of Jean because I do. I love the character of Jean. You're torn basically between loving Jean and wanting yourself to be right, aren't you? No, no. Honestly, I'm really not. I, I, nine times out of ten, yes, I'm one of those people. Yeah. But, but on this occasion, I don't know. I just think that I've given my reasons. I don't need to go over them again. Mm. But I just, I love Jean. Matthew Lawrence says it'll be interesting to see how Max actually leaves. I'm wondering how far they will actually take Ruby fake pregnancy and hope it doesn't just fizzle out like previous fake pregnancy storylines i can't wait for sharon to be found out on both her and ian being confronted with their actions oh yeah what yes ian's actions is sharon do, doing the wrong in now isn't she yeah but i think that ian has got to sort of face up to the fact that half the square did want to kill him at one point. <laughs> i mean that's something that's been forgotten i think you've talked about it last week but that cracks me off as well that like literally every Everything that yeah. the whole build up, like no one seems to care now. Other no than, one's bothered now. No, other than the old comment of, oh, Ian's doesn't look very well anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, you tried to kill him, apparently, at one point. Yeah. Uh, if the flashbacks that we saw on Twitter was anything to go by, <laughs> it's just, it's so funny, isn't it, that they've done that? I mean, I don't, uh, I don't hate that in a way because I, I suppose always with the Christmas story, it kind of happens over Christmas and then it's, that's the end of it. Yeah, but, it sort of fades away. Yeah, but it's just, it's just funny that they've done it that way. And finally, Vicky Tucker. Now, I think that this comment is not. Not so much a comment, but more of a confession. You'll, you'll let me know what you think. Is it just me, or is anyone else wondering why Sharon is grinding down pills to order for each cup of tea rather than doing them as a job lot? Don't get me wrong, I've never tried to poison my husband with random neighbour's medication, but if I did, I'd grind up all the pills in one go when he was out or in the shower or whatever, so I wouldn't constantly be on the verge of being discovered, and I could do one thorough clean-up so as not to risk contaminating anything my baby's food might go in, and a plain white powder would be easier to hide for example, in an old face powder or talc pot, the medicine that clearly doesn't belong to me, or am I just overthinking it? Oh my god. I mean, all good points, but very forensically put there, Vicky. Yeah. Um, is there something that you need to confess? Because that's very well thought through. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those games, I don't know if you used to play it in the pub, where you try to, you've had, you've had a few drinks, you're with your friends, and you all basically kind of try to work out, how could you commit the perfect murder? Yeah, you, yeah, have yeah. you ever played that? You kind of sit there and you go, right, so if we did this, this and this, how could we cover it up with that, that and that? You know, and I think that you know that is that email is basically a sober version effectively yeah <laughs> Vicky's just sat in the pub in her mind just having this conversation with us yeah. like, which i applaud frankly because i don't even i don't can't remember what a pub is well i was days. gonna say pubs are on lockdown so we don't know yeah. pubs are open in the uk at the moment so perhaps she's just at home she's had a bit one too many wines at home her husband's maybe annoyed her burnt, yeah. the, burnt the pork chops for but tea that left night his underwear on the floor yeah or... not emptied the dishwasher properly you know and uh oh she's don't just... don't mess up dishwashers no. uh, that's another dangerous thing <laughs> tell you what vicky's husband's playing a dangerous game <laughs> yeah vicky's just basically there plotting uh yes. you know there's probably like numerous empty talcum powder bottles <laughs> in the bathroom the husband's like what why are you keeping these oh no reason <laughs> gotta go powder my nose and powder your coffee um like, I just imagine, you know, in Costa, when you order like a mm. cappuccino and they put like the shape of the coffee bean on top, it uh, uh, like with yes. cocoa powder. Do you reckon she does that with his cap with his cappuccino, with a yeah. skull and crossbones, <laughs> with a white powder? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's it's white chocolate, darling. It's white chocolate. Honestly, have this drink; it'll relax you. Um. <laughs> oh, I, if Vicky's, uh, is it Vicky's? Vicky, yeah. Vicky, if, if Vicky's husband is watching... Vicky Tucker. Yeah, if Vicky Tucker's husband is listening to this podcast right now... Run, Mr. Tucker, Get run. out, run. <laughs> Call D.I. Gaffney. Yeah, he'll come... He'll, you'll definitely die then. Don't do that. <laughs> Call Callum. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, Vicky, that amused us. Um, if you know, if you if like Vicky, you'd like to be mercilessly ridiculed by us, you can contact us on Twitter or Instagram at Walford Weekly. Find us on Facebook at Walford Weekly Podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to like subscribe and click the bell to get notifications about our spoiler videos you can listen to us on apple podbean spotify or any of your favorite podcast sites you can email us at robwolfordweekly at gmail.com or for the other guy alexwolfordweekly <laughs> at gmail.com can i just we'll be back next week go on sorry i'm just gonna say thank you to everyone who's emailed we don't yes we, didn't, we never used to get emails and we i seem to be <laughs> seemingly getting a lot of emails now which is not a bad thing i'm loving reading them no i get loads now i quite like it do you reply to popular. them or do you kind of think yeah, oh good i, I was gonna say because i reply to them too so if you yeah. do send an email do you expect a reply it might be go away what but... the fans expect <laughs> yeah. you know yes we we are getting as i said before we are getting photo cards uh organized you know for our our mug shots yeah i can't wait for my professional photo card to be stuck on the head of a baby for next christmas yeah i can't (laughs) wait for that don't forget to get your ombre eye tint (laughs) we'll be back next week until then we bid you both goodbye bye-bye take care of yourselves